Talk that talk. Talking about... That's what I'm talking about. Are you talking to me? Talk that talk. Provided by Off The Hook. The platform for the people. Step into the studio and talk that talk. Get off the sidelines, man. Keep on talking in the free world. Good evening, kind sir. Greetings and salutations. Here we are again. Monday Night Raw. Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction show. Before and after every Monday Night Raw. I want to start off by saying, well, here we are, Monday, May 30th. Raw just concluded. Talk That Talk is provided by Off The Hook, the platform for the people. And the studio is downtown Toronto. And certainly not that we don't love and appreciate and respect everything that the United States does. And of course, Raw and all the sports we know and love are primarily based out of there. I forgot that uh, it's just a whirlwind, just, you know, with uh, life in general, that it was Memorial Day in the United States. So uh, certainly wanted to acknowledge that it was Memorial Day. Would have done so on the pre-show if I had have remembered, and I apologize for that. And regardless of where anyone stands on... I'm not going to get too philosophical, but regardless of where anyone stands on, you know, whether in a perfect world, we'd all love for no violence to exist. All that being said, it boils down to anybody and everybody has to have the utmost respect for anyone who sacrifices themselves and volunteers and, and, and goes and fights for freedom and represents their country and tries to keep peace in the world, regardless of how anyone feels about anything. So, thoughts and prayers to all those who've lost their lives the utmost respect to anyone who volunteers and goes and uh wanted to make sure that i mentioned that because i did forget that so it was a special night tonight and and i think that uh wwe as usual you know they always do a phenomenal job in my opinion of acknowledging and recognizing all important events and tonight was no exception so i thought it was good it was fantastic, um, but uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because we've got to move on, and we're going to start at the beginning of Monday night. Oh, hold on a second here, man. I thought it was get crazy. I thought we're going off script. I thought we start with the. I start. We thought we start get right into it for what just happened. We're all fired up, man. Listen, man. I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I don't feel like that was that entertaining, to be honest with you, man. I wasn't impressed with that contract signing. GSP. I'm not impressed. <laughs> okay. You know what? Uh, I I wouldn't say we agree to disagree. I kind of disagree with you, but I kind of don't. So you- there was there was a ton more moments in Ball of Raw that was far more entertaining than that contract signing. Agreed, 100%. So you know what? I'm rolling with you right now because uh, if we want to start right from the top, because of what you just said, I'm with you. You it's true. We got a hard stop at midnight tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So myself and uh, myself being Shane Kelly, a.k.a. Clever Shang, bang, bang. And Darren Churchill, a.k.a. Dangerous Darren Davis. We're going to work together to make sure we have a hard stop at midnight regardless. And the countdown will be full in fact. 10, 10, 10, 10. Take it away, my friend. 
Well, let's hope we can get there because we've got to get through all of Raw. Um, all right, we're going to start off Monday Night Raw, of course, with the with the Irish last kicker and Becky Lynch. And she comes out and she says that, you know, she had a plan all along, you know, um, that, you know, when she gave the Raw women's title up to Asuka, a couple years ago when she announced that she was having a baby. Um, her plan was just to let Asuka basically just hold on to it for her, that she was going to come back and take it back from Asuka before, of course, Asuka comes out. She's still, she says that Becky Lynch is still a baby, um, and they get into it before Bianca Belair comes out. And, of course, you know, you know, Bianca, like Bianca says, she's not the one complaining that she has to defend her title at Hell in a Cell in a triple threat match it's the other two that are complaining more Becky Lynch anyways that's complaining about this um you know they exchange some words before Becky just out of nowhere just cold cocks uh Bianca Belair in the chin and uh and then all the brawl starts between the three ladies themselves um so that was a I thought it was a great way to start Monday Night Raw get everything going, get it all set up. So I enjoyed that little uh, beginning segment. It really started off with a bang. It really did. And I forget what we said on the pre-show. What did we say about what we, who we felt should start off the show? Did we say that we wanted these guys to start off, to start off the show? Uh, we said... I don't know why. I, uh, we never said who we really wanted to start the show off. You, when we talked about these women, you said that you didn't want that match per se to be the the start of Hell in a Cell, was what you said to me. Yes, that's right. So, uh, what a great start to Raw! What a great start to Monday Night Raw. First of all, uh, you know, I was torn on Becky when when did Bianca cut Becky Lynch's hair? Was that after? Was that after WrestleMania? No, that was on. That was on a Raw. Okay, so I was pretty upset about that. I have to say, and like I said, I mean, I'm torn uh, on a, a few things. You know, Bianca Belair injected herself to the conversation and kind of had me, you know, turned upside down as far as Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. I had to slap myself back to attention. Although I got love for Bianca Belair, there's levels. So we'll stick to the program for this evening. And Becky Lynch is at the top of the food chain in this particular equation. I was upset. I was upset when Bianca Belair cut her hair. And, you know, Becky Lynch has recreated herself numerous times. So I was torn on this new look and and the slick back hair and everything. But I got to say, for some reason tonight, it just clicked, man. Darren, when she, like, you know, I guess just in my own mind, like, the music hit, Becky Lynch set it off, the the look, the outfit, the glasses, like, you know, she is an ultra, ultra, ultra WWE superstar. She really is. There's no exaggeration here. She really is. She is magic on the mic, and she is just all in in all phases how about the line what did she say when you said about what remember i had forgotten well you know not that i forgot but it just wasn't top of mind when she did hand the belt over we were we talked that i don't know if we were running the show that night we were just talking but uh, it was shocking right went out of the blue she turned the belt over to oscar and i was like what the heck's going on here blah 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 so that was fine and then of course everyone was happy for her own personal life but we were all disappointed as w 
be fantasy or go because we weren't going to get to enjoy her. But then her line tonight, she had so many. But uh, when I went off to create life like the god that I am, come on, man. Like This is just pure gold. And I don't know about anyone else, and I don't know, none of us know for sure, but I get the sense, I really do. If you had a gun to my head... I really believe she writes her own material. It feels like she does. You think? Like it feels she like most it. most likely does because I, I I can't see anybody in the WWE telling her to say that. Yeah, it just. I guess what I'm saying is that like her delivery and the words it, it resonates because I believe that it's from her. I do believe it. Uh, so uh, that was a great <laughs> that was a great line, man. And she says it with conviction. Facts. And outfit was on point. And, you know, we both chatted about it on the pre-show. We wanted to see Becky Lynch, you know, do her thing tonight. And she did, man. She really did. So, uh Anyway, it, it was fabulous. It was fabulous on all points. And so this is the other thing I was going to say is that, and I know I mention this guy's name all the time. I think I feel I do just because like, I love the wrestling aspect, but also the creative aspect. You know, Becky Lynch. So Chris Jericho, we I talk about all the time as far as recreating himself character-wise, recreating himself on the mic, longevity as far as wrestling moves. He's evolved as a wrestler as time goes on. And, I mean, Chris Jericho is gold today like he was gold 20 years ago in my opinion becky lynch has had a very relatively speaking she has had a short tenure in the wwe and how many times has this woman reinvented herself a half a dozen or maybe not maybe i don't know four or five i think a half a dozen or close to it and not just reinvented herself as far as her look her outfits her, her hairstyle her delivery her lines like she's good, she's bad, she's lovable, you hate her. And then all the while she's honed her skills, and then to boot, she took a year off to go have a child and came back big, better than ever. I mean, you can't pour enough praise on this woman. Becky Lynch, to me, as I watched this evening, and I always say that Charlotte Flair is the best quote-unquote wrestler, but, I mean, that's fine and dandy. That's great. Becky Lynch is no longer a far cry from anyone as far as wrestling goes. To me, Becky Lynch has supplanted herself, in my personal opinion. She is at the top of the food chain for women's WWE superstars, no question. And then, aside from Roman Reigns... In my opinion, Roman Reigns is number one and Becky Lynch is number two. Just WWE superstars, period. That's how I felt about this evening. All right. And um, sorry, Darren. You got to give me the count. You got to give me the 10, 10, 10, 10. And uh, just to your point about Chris Jericho, you know, I have to when you say Chris Jericho, you just made the list. We got we got to get that going. You just made the list. How great was that? How great was that? You know, one of the times that Kevin Owens actually was able to uh, get somewhere in the WWE, probably the last time he was actually big in the WWE. But uh, Festival of Friendship, yeah. that was uh, you know, it was just absolute magic. Yes, you're right. I'm going to shut myself. I'm going to give myself the 10, 10, 10. Yeah, you want to start hard stop at midnight. The way you're going on, we ain't stopping at midnight. Um, we're going to go on to Bianca versus Asuka now. Um, 
And I thought this was a fantastic. Hold on, but hold on. Sorry, sorry to interject. My apologies, and uh, I certainly don't mean to be disrespectful. But who's ready for Oscar? <laughs> Nobody's ready for Oscar. And uh, you know, this was a great match between the two of them. I thought, anyways. Uh, you know, as much as we all love Becky Lynch, but if I had to watch those these two women, Bianca and Oscar, go at it at Hell in a Cell. Uh, that wouldn't bother me in the least. That would be a fantastic match because they proved it tonight on Raw. Even though Asuka did get a knee injury, and I'm hoping she's okay for Sunday at Hell in a Cell. Um, but it was a phenomenal match. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then, of course, you know, you get Becky Lynch involved after the match, and she goes after them, after the both of them. Um, so this match at Hell in a Cell is really going to, is really, you know... Uh, looking like it's going to be a brawl between all three women and uh, somebody's coming out a winner and whoever it is they're they're not going to walk out how they walked in that's for damn sure the table was set this evening all three WWE superstars did a phenomenal job to your point uh, though that I'm happy that Becky Lynch is injected into this match yes I mean they put on a show however what I what I will say is that again the savvy veteran superstar that Becky Lynch is is that she sat back you know when one of the when when we had one thing going to break she was like ooh looks like it hurts when you had Becky uh, Bianca Belair and Asuka yeah, outside the ring, tossed each other around, both on the uh, both on the ground. They they beat the heck out of each other, right? So Oscar and Bianca Belair, what are you thinking? Like you know, and and Becky Lynch is, is ringside on on the table. If, if Bianca Belair and Oscar were thinking straight, Darren, you know, in my opinion, they would have walked in there, played their music, went on the mic, and they both would have bell rang, both stepped outside, double count out. No one takes any damage at all. And maybe went over and slapped the shit out of Bianca, uh, Becky Lynch. Instead, they beat the hell out of each other in what was a very entertaining match, but only wore each other down for Becky Lynch because she was unfazed. She didn't wrestle. And they got to go in a hell in the cell next uh, next Sunday. A terrible move by both of them. And then Oscar's injured, to your point. And then Becky Lynch came in and blasted both of them at the end. To me, that the the way that whole play, thing played out just again solidified, you know, who Becky Lynch is. Bianca Belair and Oscar, great match. I enjoyed it, but they got a lot to learn. Um, and uh, just to correct you. Uh, Hell in a Cell is... Sorry, this, yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Like, ne- this, that's what I said, right? Next, oh, next Sunday, this, uh, yeah. Yes, you're right. That's, but I, I meant that, but yes, I hear you. Uh, all right, we're moving on. I lost my pen. Um, we're moving on to a recap of Elias and uh, versus Chad Gable from last week. Uh, thank you. Choosh! And, uh, of course, you know, it, it 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 you know everybody in their right mother got involved you know we had we had Otis get involved we had uh Kevin Owens who really didn't do anything he 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 got kicked out of the match last week as we saw so it was all chaos Elias ended up coming out uh victorious as we saw so then we get into this week and we have a six man tag match um with the Mysterios and Elias versus Alpha Academy. Uh, thank you. Shush! And Kevin Owens. And uh, I don't know, have you been um, 
I want your opinion. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on, on, on this question, but I do want to ask you this. For the last few weeks, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but for the last few weeks, the commentary team, every time they see Kevin Owens, they say he's the biggest liar. Would you agree to that? No, I don't even think that's registered in my mind. They, who, who, in my mind, who Corey Graves, Jimmy Smith, or Byron? Who's saying that? I, I, no, I, I, be, I believe it's been. It's I think it's been Byron that's been saying it. To be honest with you, saying Kevin Owens um, the biggest liar. Yeah, like lying and, about uh, what? I, well, because you know he's how he's been going on about um, Elias and Ezekiel and calling him a liar and all. Oh this yeah, 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 yeah. And they've been saying that Kevin Owens is the one that's the biggest liar. Um, out of all of this, Kevin Owens is wise beyond his years. Kevin Owens is, uh, you know, he's from the great country that is Canada. He's from Montreal. Wee oui, wee, oui, bon bon, qu'est-ce que c'est? No, Kevin Owens is the truth. If there was anyone that is the truth, I think we both would agree that Kevin Owens deserves to be in the conversation at the top of the food chain. So, no, I disagree. And while we're on the topic, Jimmy Smith out. Jackie Redman in WWE. You need three on the table, Raw and SmackDown. You're short one on SmackDown, and you got Jimmy Smith, who is a knob on Raw. Jimmy Smith out, Jackie Redman in. All right. Um, but overall, the match, what did you think of this match? You know, I thought it was an okay match. I, I wouldn't say it was anything to write home about. Um, you know, you know, it, it, it is what it is. You know, the Mysterios and Elias did end up picking up the victory, sadly enough, because of Kevin Owens. And, and, and you saw at the end of the match, Kevin Owens was not happy with himself. You know, he, he was quite angry at the fact that he ended up getting giving them the, the win, helping them get the win, sorry. And um, But you know what? It wasn't... It was okay. I'm going to give it that. It wasn't my... The best match of the yeah, fair point. Okay is describes it, I think, appropriately because normally, like, you have the Mysterios involved. Uh, you know, I'm no longer walking with Elias, but he's a decent wrestler. Uh, but the Mysterios are, well, Ray Mysterio speaks for himself. And you know how I feel about Dominic, one of my favorites. Uh, and Kevin Owens is elite. So this wasn't that. Like all of their wrestling skills, like you know, when we think about a Kevin Owens wrestling match, like he's got the whole kit and caboodle. Like we see everything from A to Z from him. We didn't see that tonight, but what I did like was that I'll tell you right now. Uh, again, we talk about Kevin Owens week in and week out on Talk That Talk. How much we love Kevin Owens is that I literally, when Kevin Owens fell through those ropes and it looked like he was going to get six one nine. I'm telling you, Darren, hand to God, I was like, this is it for me. Like, like, I'm already off my rocker about Kevin Owens getting disrespected. I'm like, you're going to 619 this guy in a triple tag to three-man tag team match, six-man tag team match, pardon me, that's meaningless in the whole scheme of things, and you're going to get this guy a 619? I'm done. I was disgusted. And thankfully, Kevin Owens avoided that. So that was my takeaway from this evening. I literally, I was already foreseeing how upset I was going to be. And I'm like, perfect. Kevin Owens at least avoided that to his credit. That's my takeaway from that. To your point, from a wrestling standpoint, it was okay. I mean, we didn't see Kevin Owens showcase everything that he has. And you know what? I don't blame him. Why bother? 
this is, you know, irrelevant in the whole scheme of things. So um, I like seeing everybody in the mix. But that was my takeaway. And I'll never get sick of Dominic carrying his dad on his back. It is pretty amazing. You can, like, you know, we can literally talk about this week in and week out. Here you have Rey Mysterio, who is a WWE Hall first ballot Hall of Famer, absolute legend. And his son has grown up to be a WWE superstar where he's legit. And then, you know, in stature, you know, some people can think it's strange or whatever. It is what it is, man. Like, it's kind of cool. Is that, you know, Ray jumps on his son's back coming down the ramp. Anyway, every time I see that, it's a great visual. It's pretty awesome. It definitely is. Um, It's cool to see for sure. But we're going to move on. And uh, I got my wish, Shane. I got my wish. We did not get a countdown to Cody Rhodes. Oh, yeah. It's so funny, but yeah. we did get a count. But we did get a countdown to who? When it came up, I'm like, okay, so, uh, like, I want to know how Darren feels about this. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. You're right. No countdown to Cody Rhodes. We got a countdown to who was it? We got we got a countdown. Okay, I, then I I didn't see that because I don't know who the fuck. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. There was a clock. The same thing. Cody Rhodes countdown. There was a countdown to. Ah, oh, fuck. I can't remember now. But they only put it up once. But anyway, uh, but yes, you did get your wish. No countdown to Cody. Yes, uh, and I was very happy with that. Uh, like I said in the pre-show, don't get me wrong, I love the guy. Uh, I'm happy he's back. Um, I'd be happier if it was CM Punk. Um, but, uh, you know. Um, but Cody Rhodes, uh, this had to have been one hell of an event tonight. Cody Rhodes came out and discussed... His, his thoughts on what happened last week with, with Seth Rollins. And uh, he informed us all that he actually does like Seth Rollins. And that, uh, you know, rest in peace, of course, and Dusty Rhodes was the one that trained Seth Rollins. And that, you know, he knew that he had everything. And he had told Cody Rhodes about, about Seth Rollins and how good he was. And, you know, what a talent he's going to be in the WWE and everything like that. And then, you know... Seth Rollins' music hits. And that's where, you know, and even I looked at the ramp. I always, you know, he always comes from the ramp usually. So, but instead he pulled his inner shield move and he came out from from the stairs in his fantastically silver outfit. And, um, and, you know, he seems to think that he's got this come Sunday at Hell in a Cell. He seems to think that he's going to win and that he's had enough of Cody Rhodes and this is going to be the end of Cody Rhodes. And uh, and then an all-out brawl just happened. As Seth Rollins was about to walk away from Cody Rhodes into the crowd, Cody followed him, and an all-out brawl took place. You had security, you had referees, you had management, um, you had everybody except, you know, the entire roster out there, basically, to try and stop this whole brawl and if this is what happened tonight i i'm looking i'm so looking forward to this match on sunday inside hell in a cell these two are going to beat the bloody shit out of each other and i can't wait um but uh i really enjoyed that segment for sure i think it was phenomenal and uh that brawl was awesome agreed a hundred percent they really really 
roped us in this evening with this and this was unexpected to be honest from my perspective it really was unexpected cody meaning that how it unfolded was unexpected for me anyway is that when cody rhodes came out he was delivering his monologue as he does and a little bit lackluster for me you know uh relative to his other monologues but that's neither here nor there so but I wasn't surprised. Like, okay, he came out, he was doing his thing. And then, yes, to your point, we had, uh, well, big upset in the French Open. Medvedev gets eliminated straight sets. Uh, my apologies. And then City Pass gets eliminated in four sets. Okay, I'm done now. But those are big upsets, huge upsets. So... When I saw Seth Rollins, that dirty scumbag coming through the crowd, exactly what you said, like channeling his inner shield. And I'm like, you son of a gun. I would love to have the shield still intact. And then you had to ruin the whole thing. And now you got the audacity to be coming through the crowd like the shield. You bastard. But, you know, he was pimped out in the suit. And then the the great laugh, like... It was amazing, Darren. He came through. It was amazing him walking down the stairs. You know, I said this on the pre-show about Dumb is Seth and Cody Rhodes all being a great trio as far as dance partners go and how great they are on the mic and in ring and what have you. But Seth Rollins, I felt, was on even another level tonight. I don't know, am I wrong about that? Did you feel like his mic skills tonight were, before I even get to the melee afterward, I felt like, you know, for some reason it, it just hit different. Like, he really delivered tonight, don't you think, on the mic? Yeah, no, absolutely. He really did. He really did. It was it was special, right? And yeah. I mean, you know, when someone's walking through the crowd and they're delivering, obviously that's going to subconsciously lend, you know, a different angle to it or a different layer to it, uh, I should say. But he had like, so I'm on the one phone normally, you know, talk that talk is provided by off the hook the platform for the people. So I'm Shane Kelly. This is Darren Chur- along with Darren Churchill, and normally I'm on here in my own icon, which I should be. But uh, some phone technical difficulties. My, I say all this because my notes are on my phone, and if I minimize this to go to my notes, then I've done that before, and that's when the podcast didn't get captured. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm going from memory. So I, one thing is kind of a side note. There was a guy with – I'm a huge sports fan in general, as we both are. There was a guy, I don't know if you saw him in the crowd, that was in the shot for a little bit of Seth's speech with a great throwback Randy Moss T-shirt on. Did you see that guy? Uh, no, I did not. It is a nice, nice Randy Moss uh, throwback teacher. I'm not a big Randy Moss fan, but first ballot Hall of Famer, gangster, uh, amazing wide receiver. But Seth Rollins' line, how about, you know, and then finally we can all wake up from this American nightmare. What? There were some zingers tonight. Now we got Becky Lynch was one in the bag, and now Seth Rollins. Do you remember that line? That was a great line, man. Yes, yes, it was. It was. It was a phenomenal line, and I really enjoyed it. Like this whole segment, I, I said, like I said, it was phenomenal, and uh, I, I can't, I can't say more than that about it. It was phenomenal, and I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I can't wait for Sunday for this match. Yeah, they got our juices flowing, and then of course, you know, just briefly, of course, once you know they got the party started, and then the fisticuffs ensued. It, it was amazing. It, it was old school wrestling for me because. You know, it's one of those things where 
old school wrestling is like just when you think it's over. This is where two originated from. Just when you think it's over. Just when you think it's over. So similar thing tonight is that once they got a kudos to Cody, Cody Rhodes because he could have left it, right? Like Seth, they went back and forth. Seth Rollins blew him a kiss and then pretended like he was going to come in and Cody Rhodes because I'm like, okay, you're being a sucker. That's fine. And then I'll let you look stupid. And then I can walk off into the sunset. Cody Rhodes could have did that. But to Cody Rhodes' credit, man, he was all about that life and he jumped out there and then all hell broke loose. But I mean, it just kept going and going and going and going. And to your point, everybody and their grandmother was out there to try to stop it. And I mean, there were, I was satisfied at, like at a certain point I was like this is amazing I'm satisfied and <laughs> and they went back and forth another probably three or four times more after I was already satisfied that's how magnificent that was for me absolutely like when Cody Rhodes when they finally got Cody Rhodes and they took him to the back I'm like alright it's over it's done with we're moving on we're gonna get to the next event or whatever is happening next on Raw and then all of a sudden Cody Rhodes comes running back down again, and here they go again. You know, like it was just—it was nuts the way that 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 whole segment went tonight. Absolutely, and let me ask you. So, like I was saying about being satisfied, like you know, we didn't know what was going to happen, and I want your thoughts on this. Is that I didn't know what was going to happen, and then they were talking, and then you know, okay, I was okay with the talking, and then when they started to lay hands on each other, I'm like, this is great. But then after they went back and forth, like, how did you feel about that? I was like, I literally, like I said, I was satisfied. I would have been like, this is a ten out of ten, like segment, and then they turned around and they went back and forth another three, four times. Like it was a Amazing. Were you satisfied at that stage too? Even before they went back and forth with each other again? Yeah, I, I would. I was fine with what they gave us prior to that. So if they had to stop then, and instead of going back, I would have been. I would have been fine with that for sure. Yeah. Okay. Good. Me too. So I mean, you know, they really. Uh, this was a great raw, man. This was. We got to give kudos. I mean, I'm not criticizing you and I, but you know, in general, the WWE universe, everyone is is quick to criticize us, included on when it's lackluster and what have you, and filler and this and that and the other thing. We said coming into this on the pre-show on Talk That Talk, provided by Off the Hook, the platform for the people, that it would seem like it was a jam-packed show, and I mentioned that. Wow, that like we're even getting all the. All the matchups, which we don't usually get, and it didn't disappoint. This was a great Monday Night Raw, you know. And yes, it was on Memorial Day, so I know the WWE wants to deliver on special events, but I felt like it wasn't. They gave the tribute to Memorial Day, and so they should, but I didn't feel like it was centered around Memorial Day. It just happened to be a special show in general. It was great. Yes, it was. It was fantastic. Um, but before we move on, I just want to uh, say two things here. Three things. Uh, happy birthday goes out to uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, No Way Jose. No Way Jose. So happy birthday to those guys. Their birthdays are today. And since we don't have anything going on tomorrow, no show tomorrow, happy birthday, of course, goes out to uh, one half of the Street Profits in Montez Ford. So happy birthday to those three gentlemen. Okay, I love all that. And I, I'm going to say quickly, first of all, Montez Ford is amazing. Uh, no way. Jose. No way. Jose. I do like him. Uh, I, I do. I did enjoy him. I kind of miss him. Jake the Snake Roberts. 
is a fucking legend among legends. And when I was growing up, Jake the Snake Roberts was one of my favorites. But, like, he wasn't Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage favorite to me. But, you know, that next tier, he was right there. I have Jake the Snake's... I think I've said this to you before, but I'll say it again. I have Jake the Snake Roberts' LJN wrestler with the snake. And I met Jake the Snake Roberts at the Halifax Forum when I was working there. I'm not going to go on and on and on. But the point was, was that, you know, he was one of the people that I met. I had this uh, WWE book that still at my parents' house that everyone signed. He signed that book. But he also, I brought the wrestler there. That's how much I love Jake the Snake. I brought the wrestler with me. He signed the wrestler. So I have his signature on the back of the wrestler. And uh, he's awesome. And he's went some, through some trials and tribulations in his life. And he's still, you know, kicking. And uh, I got nothing but Jake, love for Jake the Snake Roberts. He put that DDT on your ass, man, and then put uh, Damien on you with the snake coming out of the bag. Uh, I mean, legend. So I appreciate you wishing him happy birthday. All the best, Jake the Snake Roberts. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to get into the next match, which is Alexa Bliss versus Dewdrop. Now, of course, before they got into this match, we did go into um, a moment, I guess you could call it, a Money in the Bank moment, we're going to call it, back from 2018, when Alexa Bliss uh, wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. She wins the briefcase, and later that night, she cashes in on then-champion Nia Jax um, to go on to win the uh, Women's Championship. I believe it was Raw's at the time. I'm not sure which one she won at that point. Um and then we come to find out um, in the commercial and, and supposedly this has been all over the place and usually I'm, I'm up to speed on news I wasn't um, so Money in the Bank surprisingly enough has been moved venue wise um, it has been moved to a new venue uh, um, and it's going to be at the MGM Grand Garden Arena Originally, it was supposed to be at uh, Allegiant Stadium. Um, so it's quite interesting that WWE has taken this um, this event, which to me is 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 not one of the top four, but it is it is up there in my opinion is Money in the Bank because a lot of shit can change with Money in the Bank and that briefcase and everything like that. So you took it from a huge stadium to now. A smaller arena, um, and I was kind of shocked by that. I really, you know, you had because you, you you had advertised it for so long. You had Cody Rhodes doing the the commercials for it, walking around Allegiant Stadium and everything like that, and then you just go randomly to uh, to changing it just like that. And what surprised me the most, though, with this is when I read about about it, this they're not even allowing. You know the fans that were there to hold on to their tickets that had bought them. Like even if it was like the pre-sale guys that got them, okay, your tickets still stand. You get to go. No, no, they're basically making everybody that bought their tickets already uh, have to rebuy them. So I, I'm a little disappointed in WWE in that sense. Um, I really thought they would have gave some people their tickets like allowed some people to use their tickets but they're not you basically have to rebuy them so you're basically having to buy two sets of tickets now um that's just my little my little thing on that okay so 
I'm really glad that you mentioned this. I did not know this, so I appreciate you bringing this to my attention. Is that so? First instinct or first thought would be it was a ticket sale issue, and the ticket sales fell short of what the expectations were. That's my initial thought without knowing anything, just going off what you're saying. To touch on the points that you made, is that I agree. You know, money in the bank to me, exactly as you said. I, you know, I would say it's the de facto fifth wheel, right? We have the big four, and then no, it's not that. But because of the weight that the winner of the money, well, because of the weight that the briefcase carries, and the implications that could unfold as a result of someone cashing in the money in the bank, yeah. I mean, we could do uh, unlimited shows about how things have unfolded as a result of someone cashing in. So I agree 100%. It's a big deal. And Vegas is the perfect spot for I think Vegas should be, if the WWE was smart, because Las Vegas is Las Vegas, for lack of a, a better articulation, Las Vegas is Las Vegas. So without saying anything else about money in the bank, about identifying as a de facto number five or what have you, is that if they just had it as money in the bank is permanently in Las Vegas and they did some kind of marketing around the briefcase with the casinos and everything, because the briefcase has kind of a little you know, pizzazz to it, right? Uh, so like Vegas does is that then it would kind of like subconsciously be the de facto and then you know it's a gamble money in the bank is a gamble cashing in is a gamble so I think the WWE would be well suited to have it in Las Vegas every year that's something they definitely should do about the ticket sales, uh, I agree, Darren. I mean, that's disgusting, man. I've been in, I've been in that boat many times. For, you know, of course, most recently with COVID, with uh, concerts and events, and you know, not getting the chance to come back in and priority lines and, and what have you. But for this, same event, same date. Date hasn't changed. Event hasn't changed. Same city. And you're not at the very least, okay. First of all, everybody, whatever order you bought, like whatever order you bought your tickets in, you should be able to buy in the same order. So you get the same, so you might not get the same seats. Meaning that if I bought, if I was tenth in line, and they can, you know, Ticketmaster has it all logged. If I was the tenth person to buy tickets for the original venue, and I got front row. Okay, but it's a bigger venue, and then now I'm still 10th in line in the smaller venue, so I might not get front row anymore because there's less seats. At least I'm still 10th in row. So it's 10th in line. I'm not happy with that either, Darren. And I mean, you know, all of these events, WWE in particular, is built on the, the fans and the universe, so disappointing. Didn't know that, but the, the long and short of it would be, I guess, did you read anything about the fact that it was because of lackluster ticket sales. I'm assuming that's what it was, but I don't know. Uh, WWE has not uh, officially said why they changed the venue. So there is no no comments, no remarks, no statements as to why. Um, there was just basically an email, I believe it was, they said um, to to the to everybody that bought tickets um, that the venue had changed and you now have to go back and rebuy um, new tickets for the new venue. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a mess. How do you feel though about like what do you, what are your thoughts on having money in the bank as a mainstay in Las Vegas? 
I think it would be phenomenal, and with, like you said, with the with the casinos and everything like that, you could really do something with that, um, and you could really, you know, get um, something in with the casinos with the briefcase. You could fancy it up even more with it being in Vegas. You could, you know, um, a gambling sort of thing going on in there with that whole thing. Like there could be a whole setup in there, and I think it would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> They should really look into that. Absolutely. You could take that briefcase around. You could be bringing that briefcase around for a month in advance in Las Vegas. And then any given time, like the 24-7 belt, just floating around. So WWE wrestlers could just stroll through the casino and then uh, roll up on gamblers. You got the money in the bank. Open it up. It might be a chance to win tickets to the show. Like they could have that briefcase circulating. WWE, if you're out there, you're welcome. And... Sorry, Darren. I, I got ahead of myself here. Is that what they should be saying to us? Is what? Uh, thank you. Oh, you always have to remember the two fingers. Yeah. That's key. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Always remember the two fingers. As you always see, Chad Gable always puts the two fingers up. Always got to remember the two fingers or the thank you does not mean anything. Shush. That's right. Um, anyways, we're going to move on uh, to Alexa Bliss and Dewdrop quickly. Um, uh, you know what? It, it Alexa Bliss is on a roll since she's come back. You know, she's had two matches against Sonya Deville. One I wouldn't even say was a legit match, only because Sonya Deville was so upset because she had lost her her managerial position in within the WWE. Um, the second one I thought was a better match, and then last week, well, it was against Nikki Trash. Ash, shit. I don't care what it color. Um, I I don't know if you could really say that's a big win, but by all means, Alexa Bliss is on a roll. Four and zero since coming back. Um, you know, what what you know is there is there a future championship match here for her? Because if she keeps going the way she's going, I can see it happening. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, she took down Dewdrop tonight, and. Uh, I'm excited to see how long this winning streak goes and what her future holds. I love Alexa Bliss. Extremely talented. Great on the mic. Great great look. Great wrestling ability. High flyer. Technical wrestler. I'd like to see more. They've gotten away from where she was piggybacking off of Bray Wyatt. They've gotten away. Yes, she still carries a doll around, but I feel like they're just slowly but surely phasing that out, which I don't like. But And I also don't like the physical mismatch. You know how I feel about that. Like, I mean, Alexa Bliss is a quarter of the size of Dewdrop. And Dewdrop, although she's a big woman, uh, Dewdrop is Bam Bam Bigelow-ish, meaning that, like, she's as agile as a cat. You know, Kevin Owens-ish. And... Alexa Bliss, you know, yes, I know the way the match went. It wasn't like, you know, strength for strength. And she kind of finessed her a little bit and got the win, which I was happy for. But I don't like these type of physical mismatches. You're right. Alexa Bliss is on a roll. So she's like a runaway train right now. And I agree. Like, there has to be big things in store for her. I need to know. I need to figure out. I need the WWE to figure out how we're going to move forward here with the doll and with everything that's going on. Like, I believe that they should embrace it. I feel like they're not going to. But let's do whatever 
whatever we're doing, and then let's stop this physical mismatch because Dewdrop, you know, is extremely talented, and, and she's a big woman. She's powerful. Like, so what does that do for her exactly now? So that's where I was left there, although I was happy for Alexa Bliss. Man, we'll see what the future holds. Absolutely. We're going to move on, and we're going to go to Miz TV, the Z-Lister, the Miz. And, and you'll be happy, you know, his, he, he informed us that uh, next week, Maurice is finally showing her face for the first time in a hundred years, um, as she has realized... Well, just so sorry, like, I mean, you know, come on, man, like, show some respect, like, you know, acknowledge the couple, it's Miz and Mrs. I don't personally care what they're called, um, you know... Um, you know, acknowledge. We don't have time, but acknowledge is you know, that word, especially that man that uses that word specifically <laughs> pisses me <laughs> off royally. Um, another no show. Another no show. You know, I'm going to start counting no shows until this man shows up. No shows. Um, but we're going to keep on to the the Miz. Uh, Miz TV. Um, I I had a great time with that Miz. Um, you know, of course, Ms. and Mrs. returns for season three. Congratulations to them. Um, you know, he, he's bringing Maurice his to 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 hide behind um, next week, like he always does. Um, they had the Street Profits, and uh, well, it really wasn't Ms. TV once the Street Profits came down. Uh, first of all, they interrupted him, which by all means interrupt the man. He can talk the hind leg, hind legs off a donkey. Um, that guy can. So kudos to them for interrupting him first of all. And I like I like that. I like that. Yeah, the Miz needed the Miz needs the ten. Ten. He does. Ten. He definitely does. And uh, but they were all for it, you know. And uh, I just love that he was trying to tell them to shut up, basically by when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. And they were like, nope. Let's give you a high five instead. And and then we got we got them. Um, copying him what he was saying and then all of a sudden you get out of nowhere Dana Brooke coming out of God knows where for all I know she could have been from under the ring I don't even know where she came from um, and you had the 24-7 championship run through Miz TV you had Dana Brooke um, and Tamina going at it Tamina ends up winning it um, she, I think she gave a kiss to Akira Tozawa, who was quite happy that he got a kiss back. But then he he took her and he rolled her up and he won it. And I, I can't even, to be honest with you, I, I, I can't remember. I think it was Akira that left with it. But I can't remember. There was so much going on there. Um, so there was a whole bunch of mumble jumble, but we never got the end of Ms. TV. And I wanted to see what else the uh, Street Profits were going to do with this guy. You did a great job of summing that up. That's exactly what transpired, and this was amazing. The Miz, although, so, so I was torn because we got the Miz coming down. The Miz, and then he announces that. Uh, what did he say? We're gonna have a double show. He said something about a double show, but double yeah, show yeah. next week, yeah. right? Well, no, no. With Miz TV, whenever it premieres, it's two episodes. Oh, he was saying a double show of Ms. and Mrs. Yeah, you're getting double up. You're getting two episodes on premiere night of Ms. and Mrs. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Which, you know, uh, for the for the rest of the world, you're welcome. So then 
I'm looking for, you know, another immaculate monologue from Dumb Is. And then he gets rudely interrupted. However, I was torn here because, you know, they want the smoke at all times. And I got nothing but love for the Street Profits as of the WWE Universe. So uh, I kind of let that slide. They came in. And then to your point, you know, was it Ms. TV anymore or was it like Street Profits holding court? And how great was it for when the Miz was completely done with their antics and put his hand up and then Dawkins just immediately gave him the high five. <laughs> and then the Miz, he was like, what the heck is going on here? And then he put it up again. And then Dawkins was like, um, sorry, do you have a question? And it was just so good. I loved it. I laughed out loud. I loved every second of it. The Street Profits are amazing. And you know what I loved about that the most? Montez Ford is just gold. Gold. He checks every box and then some. But Dawkins has always kind of lived in his shadow. And I really enjoyed the season because Dawkins had those moments where, you know, it was he gave him the it was very natural. He gave him the high five. I loved it. And, of course, The Miz sold it so good. And then when he was like, The Miz, do you have a question? Like, anyway, Dawkins really had some moments tonight, which I really enjoyed because I love Street Profits in general. And I think we all, I don't want this to happen, but we're nervous of the fact that maybe Montez Ford will will be sent out on his own. And, you know, I want Dawkins to be sustainable. So I, I, I was happy for him. Now, as far as everything else, you know me, man. I'm loving every second of it. Dana Brooke comes in, and then uh, we had Tazawa. Ha! 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 And then you had Timmy. This is shout out to my boy Sawyer from Lost. You want to talk about the long con? Finally, Tazawa tried to uh, roll up Dana Brooke, didn't work. He was trying to get the, it appears though, he was trying to get the 24-7 belt and then, you know, for the wifey, for Tamina. No, didn't work out. So then Tamina ends up getting this and then she's like, oh, finally, she gets sucked in, gives Tazawa the kiss, lets her guard down for one millionth of a second and then, ha, 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 he rolls her up and takes a 24-7 belt, the long con, shout out to my boy Sawyer from Lost. I loved Every second of it, beautiful. And then one other thing I want to add is that in, in the melee that ensued throughout that whole just extravaganza, when Montez Ford got up and super kicked, uh, what's his name? Tibor? Uh, Tibor. T-Bar, sorry. T-Bar. He super kicked T-Bar, and then he sat back down, had a sip of his drink, and then Dawkins later on, maybe you know, 30 seconds later, he came out and gave someone a shot and sat back down. I loved every second of it. Amazing. It, it was definitely phenomenal, and we got to get moving. Um, but of course, as just quickly, as you saw, you know, the Miz took off. He, he didn't want to He didn't want to wait around. And, and to be honest with you, you know, the way you started that with the whole uh, um, the Miz, and I, you know, you sounded like you were about to bad talk him again, and uh, I thought it was going to be another record of of Shane bad mouthing the Miz because we've only had that once. 
Absolutely. The dumb is I roll with the Miss Heavy, and the Miss didn't run out anywhere. Hollywood is a very, very demanding, demanding city, uh, if you will, organization, if you will, entity, if you will. The Miz has Hollywood calling. Like, he's got rehearsals, man. Like, you know, we got a double uh, season premiere next week of Miz and Mrs. Like, his time is short. Private Jet is waiting. Um, I'll take your word for that one. Um, we're going to move on. Uh, we got a recap of uh, Ali, Mustafa, Mustafa, whatever we're calling this guy. I don't know what he's going off of right now. Um, against Veer Mahan from last week. And as we saw, you know, Ali really tried his best. I think he, he really tried. He wanted to get that victory over Veer, but Veer Mahan is a complete beast. And anybody that gets in the ring with that man is utterly going to get destroyed. So then we get um, Ali versus Champa, and uh, in a in a contenders match. You know, I don't know why we're calling it contenders match. It used to be a number one contenders match, but now we're just shortening it to contenders match. But whatever. Um, and but Theory gets involved, and um, he gets he gets uh, Champa basically disqualified. So Ali wins, um, or whatever, however way that order worked. And then he goes, well, you know what, since you, Ali, since you won, I'll give you the match right now. Let's do it. But he completely obliviates Mustafa, Mustafa Ali before the match. And we saw that even during the commercial when they showed it when they came back. He threw Ali into the ring post. He was throwing him everywhere. He's beating the crap out of him. And then they went on to the match. And you know what? Ali tried. You know, he, he got a second gust of energy there for a second. He really did try. But, of course, he he couldn't do it all because of what had happened prior to this match. Um, before, you know, Theory uh, got the victory. And then Adam Pierce comes out and announces that Vince McMahon, you know, he liked his thinking. He liked his ways of trying to get that done like that. But Vince wants to see a normal match and when both competitors are at their best. So it was announced that Theory versus Ali for the U.S. title at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, so how about that? I mean, what, what struck me about the end there was that, you know... I, Austin Theory and Vince are buddies, right? Like, you know, it's his protege. But I don't, I'm trying to remember as you're speaking, and then as I was watching, I was trying to remember another time. Now, there's no question Vince has nothing but love for Austin Theory, correct? Yes. Yes, he does have all the love and whatever for Theory for some odd, strange reason. Yeah, so it's his protege, love and adoration for for theory. So that's great. But I believe there was another time, maybe more than one, where Vince kind of went against him or just kind of leaned toward a decision that kind of seemed, uh, you know, not in Austin Theory's favor. So anyway, tonight being another one of those. So, you know, Vince delivers the message, okay, Austin Theory, like, you're my boy, but not so much. So you're going to have to, because in the end... Vince only has one love, you know, and it's not his wife, and it's not his daughter, and it's not his sons. His son, pardon me. Vince has one love and one love only. And what is that? The WWE. That's it. That is his one and only love. So, 
although Austin Theory is his protege and his boy, he's like, this is not how we run things around here. So Austin Theory, hats off to you. He used your, you know, wrestling savvy to try to bamboozle everybody and, and get uh, Mustafa Ali beat down and then try to just take advantage and give him the title shot right then and there when he was beaten. And, and to your point, uh, uh, Mustafa Ali is my boy, right? Like, he's a great wrestler, and I think and I'm glad they took that, like, electronic mask off his face and all sorts of nonsensical foolishness they were doing with him. And, you know, he's a great wrestler. I think he needs to hone some skills, and I think he needs to build but he's got all the tools and i like him i really like him but you know austin theory used his his in-ring savvy and tried to take advantage and did take advantage but vince is like in the end the business prevails so and and, and if you can if you agree i'll wait to hear what you have to say but to me austin theory first of all he knows what's uh what side of the bread is it, it what's the saying what's up he knows what side his bread is buttered. Right. Right. So he didn't kick up like, you know, he kind of gave the, eh, you know, he kind of gave the sarcastic uh, gesture, but he wasn't going crazy and kicking up a fuss before Vince throws him in the doghouse. So he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Potato, potato. We agree to disagree. Vince, you're the man. I'll do it again. I tried to get one over. So, uh, you know, kudos all around. Mustafa Ali put in the work, did what he had to do, didn't piss and ball, tried to persevere. Austin Theory did what his, he does. He's a, he's, a, he's a slippery son of a gun. And then in the end, Vince does what he does. He sides with the business. So all in all, I enjoyed how it all unfolded because everyone did what they're supposed to do. Yes, indeed. Yes, they did. So we're going to move on, and we're going to go to Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura in the back. And, um, you know, oh, are we still allowed to say bro when we do riddle? Of course, we are allowed to say bro because that is his key saying. So, of course, we are. Um, and, uh, you know, they gave their little, he gave his little love to Randy during that whole spiel that he was making. Um, you know, he, he did call out the bloodline, of course. Um, as I like to call them, the goof line. Uh, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, and riddles fantastic way of calling out Roman Reigns as the tribal piece of trash. Kudos to Riddle for that name, and uh, I'm going to put that into my vocabulary for my 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 my, my words of Roman Reigns, because um, I think it's fantastic. So thank you for that. Well, I will say, Riddle, if you're out there, bro, you're pushing the envelope, my friend. You keep start. You keep talking like this. I don't know. I might have to show up at your house to slap the shit out of you. Well, I, I don't know how that would work out for me in the end, but in my mind, I will. So, <laughs> so the point is, is that I, I love Riddle, bro, but I don't like that. But I will say this: Riddle says everything, even though it's a very nonchalant, smooth delivery. There is conviction behind it. I don't feel that same conviction. Keep in mind, I have a global degree in psychological warfare. I'm the only one walking planet Earth with this degree. Is that I don't feel that same conviction when he refers to Roman Reigns in the derogatory manner that he did and the one that you want to embrace, despicably. I need to ask you, what did he say exactly? What did he say? 
What did Riddle call him exactly? Oh, uh, I can't remember, man. I mean, I'm gonna, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm going I'm to defer. I'm going to defer. <laughs> I'm going to defer to you to try to recall that. For some reason, it escapes me. Of course it does, but uh, I'm going to correct you, and I'm going to remind you again, and I'm going to ask you later on. Again. Right. It was it was simply the terms of a tribal piece of trash. Oh, I, so I will say this. I guess I would summarize it by saying that he acknowledged him, and that's all that's required. So, well, bro is walking a fine line, my friend. He's walking a fine line, Darren. Riddle is fantastic in all his ways. His scooter riding self is fantastic. Um, and uh, we're going to move on to the Usos versus Riddle. Uh, the Usos versus Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm kind of curious if they come up with a name like RK Bro. You know? So I am curious to see if they'll come up with a name for that. Now, that was a good match. You know, they enjoyed it. Riddle got his ass kicked. Uh, I will say, they really held Riddle to a point where... He um, and Shinsuke, they, they, you know, they, they sort of brought them and they targeted them both and they sort of kept them in their corners at times for the both of them, uh, the Usos did. But, you know, in the end, though, um, the Usos, you know, I, I'm not sure what Jimmy or Jay or whoever, who the hell, I can't tell them apart. Um, whoever Jimmy was, I think it was Jimmy. Why would you do that, man? Uh, you you could have had this match won fair and square. You could have walked out of there quite happy, not having to worry about Riddle and Nakamura, you know, having to defend them, the titles against them. But no, you went, and because you, I guess you felt like you were going to lose, you went and got the scooter, and you tried to attack Riddle with the scooter, and you got caught. You know? Um... Not smart for being unified tag team champions. You guys got away with a lot through that whole match. But that one major thing, and you guys got caught. So now, you will have to defend the titles against Riddle and Nakamura at some point. Um, And then, of course, Riddle, yet again, pays homage to Randy Orton with a wonderful RKO from the top rope. It was phenomenal. He even gave one of them the DDT that Randy uses through the middle rope. You know, he was paying homage to Randy Orton left, right, and center here tonight. So I quite enjoyed this. But Usos, you screwed up and uh, you fucked yourselves up tonight. So you guys, if you're getting shit by your tribal piece of trash, that's on you guys. Oh, the, the disrespect ensues. Uh, Roman Reigns, uh, as we all know, at least Darren is acknowledging you. So I will say this, is that I completely disagree. Is that Usos, the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. And their veteran leadership is unparalleled. Like they stand alone. They ha- they 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 stand alone in the record books. And they did this. What pay per view was it when they attacked uh, those goofs, the Legion of Doom imitators? The Viking Raiders. Who were those it was in. Uh, it was. In, 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 in Saudi Arabia, the last time they were there for, um, I can't remember what it was for now, but it was over there. 
Exactly. In the same vein as that, like, you know, everyone criticized the Usos saying that, oh, they were afraid and they didn't want to they didn't want to throw down a Motown and blah, 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 yourself included. And I'm like, no, you know, they're not they're not here to stoop to the levels. So, you know, yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full, sir. They're towing the company line. WWE, Vince McMahon says, well, you got to do it. You got to fly to Riyadh. You got to fight the Viking Raiders. All right, man, we'll do it. Once we get there and once the music hits, we can do whatever we want. Like, you know, we're contractually obligated to show up and wrestle. So here we are. All bets are off once the music hits. And what they do? Eh, These guys aren't worthy. So disqualification titles can't change hands there you go in and out this evening same thing what are we doing so you got rk bro yes formidable tag team came out of nowhere but then as we've spoken about very so many times on talk that talk provided by off the hook the platform for the people talk that talk before and after every monday night raw is that you know these guys formed a phenomenal tag team and then went on an unprecedented run and it was great but now okay so what so now randy orton gets injured matt riddle gives a little you know tearjerker and they slap him together with shinsuke although i love this so i'm kind of i'm not going against what i said earlier but the point is from the uso standpoint so like this was a, a tag team that started off on shaky shaky warrior sleeping in the streets rk bro and then it, it you know it turned into something very special that we all love and that'll go down in the history books absolutely but that that ends darren and now all of a sudden you can slap a riddle together with shinsuke and then boom and then you're supposed to be in the mix with the Usos. It's disrespectful, man. It really is disrespectful. It's like if I'm the Usos, I wouldn't have even let it go that long. And they, it wasn't an error, in my opinion. They were kind of like, this is nonsense. Like, we're done with this. You're just going to start slapping together people and then putting up, putting them up against the unified tag team champions and the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. Disrespectful. Another savvy move from first ballot hall of famers and I'll end by saying begrudgingly a ridiculous RKO with uh, Uso coming off the top rope by uh, Riddle ridiculous and just immaculately executed good wrestling and no one's disputing Riddle's an awesome wrestler yeah absolutely it was great um, all right, we're going to get into a recap of uh, the Judgment Day's matches from last week, which was Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley. And then again, Damian Priest um, versus AJ Styles. And they showed us a recap of that. Um, and then we went into the back with Ali. And uh, as he says, he, uh, he has gone to hell and back within the WWE, of course. And that... Um, he is walking out of Hell in a Cell as United States Champion before Theory attacks him from behind again and, of course, takes a stupid selfie with him and walks away. Um, I got to say, I got to say, the selfies are growing on me, man. It's good stuff. You're getting soft again, Shane. You're going soft again on me. 
Um, you know, you like the weddings, you know, it, it's it's something, man. We gotta we gotta change this, man. Come on now. And then of course we get into the video for Memorial Day, which, you know, it was touching, it was very nice. Um, you know, we did of course you did acknowledge Memorial Day at the beginning of the show. So I won't go too much into it, but it was a it was a nice uh, little segment, a nice little video um in regards to Memorial Day for the United States. So yet again, to all people in the uh, states, happy Memorial Day to you guys. And um, and then we get into um, Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley. Now, of course, Rhea Ripley is on a whole different level compared to Liv Morgan. Um, Liv Morgan, I, I have said this before. I don't know if there is a place for her. I'm still still trying to figure out what they're doing with her. They keep putting her with random people um, to see what works with her yet again. She's now joined forces with AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Again, they've stuck her with somebody else. Um, you know, she came with the riot, the riot squad. She went on and joined forces with, you know, Rhea Ripley there for a bit. Now she's with these guys. I, I still don't to this day see a spot for Liv Morgan. And uh, I, I don't know what, what they're doing with her or where she's going to go. But I don't see a spot for her currently. Um, this was an alright match. You know, I found that Rhea Ripley really dominated, I thought, in my opinion, this match. Um, but I will need your help as to what went down in the end. I did have to, uh, step away for a moment from the TV, and I did not see. I came back to Finn Balor, Liv Morgan, and, uh, AJ Styles standing tall above everybody else. So I'm not sure exactly what went down at the end, so I'm going to need you to fill me in on that. Yeah, a couple things. I mean, in theory and in reality, selfies, man. It's a beautiful thing. You better get on board. My man has taken over. Two is that uh, the Memorial Day tribute. Yes, I touched on at the beginning of the show. Uh, well done by the WWE. And uh, certainly we acknowledge Memorial Day for in the United States. WWE never disappoints. And um, tonight was no exception. As far as this match, uh, a few things I'll say about this is that you know, I was saying that about Nikki Ash as well. Like, I don't know where, you know, where she's going to find herself and how they're going to fit her in and where it all, how make it, you know, make it all make sense. And, and I still stand by that. Liv Morgan, I think we agree to disagree on that a little bit because that ended with, uh, how does that end? That ended with, I don't know how it actually, because what, what did happen is that uh, Rhea Ripley was distracted by Finn Balor and AJ Styles. And when she turned around, Liv Morgan had snuck up on the top rope and gave her the uh, double drop kick. And I, and did she pin her there? Had the fight, uh, had the match already ended? I can't remember. But the point was, was that that was the last thing that transpired there. So... Yeah, I believe she rolled her up and pinned her then. I can't remember now. But what that led me to believe, and then we had the pose down with Finn Balor, Liv Morgan, and AJ Styles given the, what do you call that? With the pinky and the index yeah, no, finger? But then, but Damien Priest had, a, had showed up somewhere along the lines too, supposedly, because he was there too. 
Yeah, he was. I mean, he was there out, out yeah. distracting on the sidelines, on the apron, sorry. So, yes, Sermon was in the mix. But I guess when when Finn Balor came in, and, and, you know, again, we talk about the Bullet Club, and Finn Balor came from over there too, right? He was in New Japan too, I believe. Yeah, so, I mean, you got, you yes, know, what's-his-face who's in AEW? Um, I forget his name now. Um, and then AJ, and then, and then uh, Gallows and Anderson, Anderson Gallows. The same difference, they're the same people. Yeah, and then Finn Balor. So, uh, you know, when when they did that, and Liv Morgan was there, and they distracted Rhea Ripley, and then Liv Morgan all of a sudden for now. Don't get me wrong, Dan. I'm not getting crazy over here saying that Liv Morgan is on Rhea Ripley's level. What I'm saying is that for that moment, athletically, I felt like with a little help, managerial help from the outside distracting, in this case, AJ and Finn Balor distracting, Liv Morgan can deliver some moves and get the upper hand if need be. Now, one-on-one with Rhea Ripley, she's never going to prevail. But it didn't feel out of place. This is a long way of me saying it did not feel out of place. It felt right to me. It really did feel right. And then when they all, you know, touched hands at the end, I liked it. So I think she's got a spot there. I do. And and I don't mind it. Now, one-on-one with Rhea Ripley, no, it's not going to happen. So that's a little bit of a situation. I don't know what to say about that because that's how it's all going to shake out when factions are going against each other. Inevitably, like the men are going against the men, the women are going against the women. So I don't know. But as far as this particular match, I felt good about the ending. And even though I don't like the size mismatch and I'm always wanting to complain about it, it felt right. And uh, I enjoyed it. And then, of course, it ended with, you know, we got we got the whole we got the whole nine yards, right? We got the phenomenal forearm and then we got the coup de gras. The coup de gras is nasty, man. And then, first of all, like, could we scour the Internet and the history of the WWE, has AJ Styles ever had a bad, de- badly delivered, phenomenal forearm? I challenge anyone to show me that. And he just, it's just perfect. And it is not the, like, yes, the delivery in the end, okay, it's not easy per se, but it's pretty straightforward. But the execution off the rope and to catapult yourself and the pose midair, you know, he does not get enough credit for that. And, and so he really is the phenomenal one. And the coup de gras is nasty, man. It is nasty. And uh, it, it, it seems kind of basic, but it's nasty. So we got the phenomenal forum. We got the coup de gras. We got the whole nine yards tonight. Like, I enjoyed all this. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Uh, well, I'll take your word for it. It sounds fantastic. Like I said, I, I had to step away. I didn't see all of that. Um, all right, we're getting into the main event. Well, not really main event. The main part of the show, um, which was the contract signing um, for the two-on-one handicap match versus of Bobby Lashley versus Omos and MVP. Um, you know, the contract signing happened, and it went. Um we had, you know, an exchanging of words. The signatures happened. Um, and then a whole lot of security came. And Omos and Bobby Lashley just flung every single one of them out of that ring. Um, both MVP and Omos attacked Bobby Lashley. 
But of course, Bobby Lashley at the end got the best of it with uh, Omos getting the table. And just as Omos was about to try and put him through it, he got away and uh, gave the spear to Omos into the table. So this match is looking like it's also going to be one hell of a fight um, at Hell in a Cell. But like we said earlier, you, you seem to think that it could go Bobby Lashley winning this and it backfiring an MVP. And I said to you, don't count an MVP. And I still stick to that. Don't count that man out. That man's got something up his sleeve. And uh, I have a feeling it's, it's, it's coming on Sunday for sure. So I'm looking forward to see what he does. You're absolutely right. I mean, I said this on the pre-show as well, is that MVP, I certainly, you know, I've always given MVP his love and his respect, and rightfully so. He's, you know, he was a welcome addition back to the mix after a long hiatus, and he's been nothing short of spectacular since his return. Ala Paul Heyman, I know we've said that he's not Paul Heyman, and he's not, but certainly, you know, he has that type of impact, and, you know, we could go on and on about what MVP has done since his return, and it's been nothing short of spectacular, really, right? So, um I don't disagree with you. I wouldn't be shocked either way. If I had to put my money on it, I'm I'm unsure. So you are absolutely right. Like, you know, MVP is not signing up for something that he doesn't have something in his back pocket that gives him the edge. He's not doing it. So he, MVP had this, like MVP was able to make the stipulation. They won, right? They won the opportunity to make the stipulation. So he's not going to make a stipulation where he doesn't have a scenario where he thinks that he has the angle and he has the upper hand. So to your point, you know, truth be told, I guess he would be favored. If we're looking at Vegas odds, MVP and Omos would be favored for the obvious as two on one. But also, to your point, is that MVP is, you know, historically a very, you know, savvy person when it comes to the wrestling. However, I do think that he may have bitten off more than he can chew. And he may have miscalculated here a little bit because I believe that. As you saw tonight, Bobby Lashley said to MVP, I forget what he said, you were like a friend to me, or you were like a best friend, or something like that. But what did MVP say? He didn't say this. I'm paraphrasing now. Friend. That's just me, like, you know, subconsciously, MVP is saying friend. He's saying to Bobby Lashley, you were like a brother to me. So, which tells me that as much as Bobby Lashley loves MVP and respects him and is upset about the fractured relationship, Bobby Lashley feels as though our MVP is devastated. Like, this was like his brother, like he's saying. And I thought he was going to say, I don't know, the age gap probably doesn't speak to this. But, you know, because they're a manager and wrestler, it's like a son to him, even though it doesn't make sense age-wise. But, you know, so he said brother because of the age, probably. But in reality, it was like a father-son type thing is that, uh, so MVP is emotionally attached. And anytime you get emotional and anytime emotions are involved, you get irrational. And you start miscalculating and, and doing and saying things that you wouldn't normally do. And I think this is a long way of me saying I think that's where MVP is right now. I, I agree with you 100% that under normal circumstances, he would always have things in his favor. However, I don't think he's thinking clearly right now. In case in point tonight, like I said, Bobby Lashley said, a friend betrayed me. MVP said, a brother betrayed me. 
So uh, as far as the match goes, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed. You know, uh, you know, I know you joke at the pre-show. I'm always here for a contract signing, and yeah, it did end a little bit chaotically, but it was all they, they had already signed, right? So it was a little bit of a letdown. And anyway. The actual contract signing was a little bit of a letdown for me, but I, like I enjoyed, like I enjoyed the fact that you brought up that again, and I wanted to flush out that brother versus friend and so on and so forth. But I'm with you. I will say this: and I think we can agree. The reason that we're looking forward to this match, this is Bobby Lashley versus a monster. And all things considered, now he's got another person. So Bobby Lashley is facing a guy who normally fit in Omos, who Omos is normally facing two people. So now Bobby Lashley's facing Omos plus something else. So under normal circumstances, like this is stupid. But because of MVP, we're all in. And I think we have MVP to credit for us being all in. I'm actually looking forward to this match, but I'm shocked to say. Yeah, it should be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Um, I know you said a hard stop at 12, but we're not doing too bad. And we're done. So um, what we're going to do now is we're going to go into our uh, our walk that walk. And for anybody that doesn't know what this is, allow me to explain. Uh, walk that walk is our, our, our segment here on Talk That Talk, which is basically our MVP, but instead of calling it, you know, the most valuable player, the MVP of the night, we call it Walk That Walk, as our show is called Talk That Talk, so it's only right that we uh, we we give it our own name, and that is Walk That Walk. So, Mr. Shane, I ask you, kind sir, um, who is your Walk That Walk for this fine episode of Monday Night Raw? Well, thank you, Dangerous Darren Davis. I'll take the reins here as Clubber Shank. Bang, bang. I appreciate you allowing me. You've been very cordial uh, during the pre-show and the post-show. Not that you aren't normally, but extra cordial. Allow me to go first. I appreciate that. And to piggyback what you were saying exactly is that, you know, we're fans. This is what we are. We're fans. So... Talk That Talk is the official live fan reaction show and it's provided by Off The Hook, which is the platform for the people because as fans, we are a part of the people. That's it. This is just a vehicle for everyone to speak their mind and enjoy everything together. So, you know, week in and week out, we're talking that talk. That's what we do. But anyone who's in the mix and who's actually, you know, in the ring in this particular uh, segment, we're talking about Monday Night Raw, they're walking that walk. So, you know, when, when people do an MVP or the night or, you know, so on and so forth, you know, it's kind of isolated. We're talking about could be a moment, could be a commercial, could be a segment, could be, you know, something you spotted, could be a fan, could be a T-shirt you spotted in the crowd, could be anything. Is that for this evening, you know, who really walked that walk because they're in the moment for me tonight? I will say I was torn, and I'm not going to step on anyone's toes. By anyone I mean in yours, Darren, is that I'm not going to step on Darren's toes and like start. I, w- I was part of me thought, you know, I have a couple that I'm just going to share, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want to take away from anything anyone else is saying. Is that so? If I had to isolate it, 
it has to go to one person and one person only for me is that Seth Rollins walked that walk tonight, man. I mean, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes was, you know, to your point, we got the countdown week in and week out. We didn't get the countdown, thankfully, this week. I agree with you 100%. Cody Rhodes comes out. He's trying to steal the show again. And, you know, to me, the monologue was a little bit lackluster. I said this earlier. And then Seth Rollins is like, enough. And that laugh alone. I'm putting aside my hatred for Seth Rollins and fucking up the shield. I'm putting that aside for a moment. And I'm just going to speak in the moment. Seth Rollins coming through the crowd, pimped out outfit to your point. You mentioned it earlier. Bang on. He was looking sharp. He was bedazzled. Shout out Home Shopping Network. And then the crowd was in the background. We had the Randy Moss throwback T-shirt from one of the fans. And, you know, the fans, you can just feel the love and the emotion from the fans. I put myself in the fan shoes as I'm watching because I'm like, I'd love to be there when he's delivering that speech. And I always think about when Randy Orton delivered the speech after giving the RKO to Brock out of nowhere. That, for some reason, that always resonates with me. But anyway, is that, you know, Seth Rollins delivered pinpoint accuracy as far as on the mic and then one you know sooner or later we're all going to wake up from this American nightmare blowing kisses and then they threw down a Motown Seth Rollins without Seth Rollins doing what he did this evening we wouldn't have got obviously his presentation and him coming through the crowd and his outfit and then his delivery and his zingers on the mic but we wouldn't have got the end result which was Cody Rhodes yes he did jump the barricade and go into the crowd but you know Seth Rollins delivery egged that on so Seth Rollins for me walked that walk tonight and I loved every second of it okay I um I'm going to piggyback you on part of that because um you know you you single you singled out just Seth Rollins for yours um I'm with you on Seth Rollins but I'm for the whole the whole segment of Cody and Seth I thought it was phenomenal yeah his monologue wasn't the greatest in, in Cody Rhodes but that whole other than that that whole segment was phenomenal you had the whole brawl you had everybody out there. You know, and their mother trying to get that stopped. You know, Cody Rhodes came back out again afterwards, and they went at it again. You know, they were in the crowd. They were everywhere. They, you know, I was waiting on something to be pulled out from under the ring. I was waiting for the bell to be used. I was waiting for the table to be, the announcer table to be smashed, something like that. But it didn't bother me that none of it happened because it was phenomenal no matter what. So for me, it is a whole segment of Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins for my Walk that walk this evening. And you know what I love about that? This is what I love about that. I've said this before, and I'll say, I'll continue to say it. You know, every time it comes into my mind, is that this is why this works, right? Is that so? Talk that talk is the official live fan reaction show before and after every Monday Night Raw. It's provided by Off The Hook, which is the platform for the people. You can follow Off The Hook on Twitter, at The Signal Is Busy. And it works because, you know, I don't have any respect or love or appreciation or anything for anyone's opinions who are pushing it for a narrative who, or who are swayed by other people's opinions or just there's hidden agendas. And so 
I'm not that mole. I, I, I'm have never been that person. Never will be that person. But so the reason this works is neither are you. So the point is, is that you know, 99% of the time, whoever goes first. So I went first tonight, and I appreciate you letting me go in first. Sincerely, thank you. So I give mine. So then you had in your mind what yours was, which you just told us, which I think is awesome. But 99% of the time, someone would switch it now because there's obviously second and third moments that we've all had that we like tonight, too. And, and they might defer and go to another one. But fuck it. Like that, that, that's what you're rolling with. That's what, you know, that's your walk, that walk. And it is. If it happens to be something similar or the same, so be it. If you had went first and you had just said the whole thing, I would have said the exact same thing. I would have been like, well, like, yeah, I agree. The moment's awesome. I'm going to drill down a little bit. Like, for me, it was just Seth Rollins. Like, I'm not changing it for the sake of just being different. Like, it is what it is. It's our opinion. Anyway, I always say that I could ramble on this forever, but I respect that. Like, I respect that more than you know, is that uh, that's why you and I can go back and forth like this and I enjoy it. If, you know, if it was something different and I felt like, okay, you're saying something for the sake of saying it or for the sake of arguing or for the sake of agreeing or for the sake of disagreeing, I'd be like, yeah, this isn't for me. But I can't fucking, you know, talk to someone week in and week out if this is the way they're operating. You're doing what you're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing and we're just showing up and doing it at the same time together and that's why it's awesome anyway so I, I thought I'd share that but uh, um, yeah that, that I mean they fucking stole the show absolutely they really did and um, I know we gotta get moving you said 12 we're, we're doing pretty good actually um, we haven't gone over 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 hours on end here we're doing pretty good uh, what I do want to remind the people is Friday night is SmackDown. We'll be here again pre and post. You know, join us, please. And then, of course, we're back Sunday for Hell in a Cell. And I can't wait. Post and pre again. Um, so, so this is going to be a, a crazy week. Um, you know, we took a bit of time off. Things happen. Family comes first for both Shane and I. So, you know, if you if you missed us, well, we're back. If you didn't miss us, well, that's okay, too. Um, but don't get mad at us. Family comes first, no matter what, for all of us. So if, uh, if we're not here, usually it's family, and that's all that matters. Um, but we're back. We're here. We enjoy doing it. We're going to come back again Friday. We're going to do the same thing all over again. We're going to come back Sunday. We're going to do the same thing all over again, and I look forward to it. Um, so with that being said, Shane, I have one final question to ask you. And um, what, did, what did Riddle call Roman Reigns? You know, I pride myself on my memory, but, you know, uh, for some unknown reason, I, I just can't recall. Like, it eludes me. I don't know. I, maybe I'm going to have to go to the walk-in clinic tomorrow to figure out, like, you know, am I suffering some type of short-term memory loss? But my apologies to the WWE Universe. I just, I can't place it in my mind. I'm sorry. In 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 uh, in the words of, of of Matt Hardy, of me being a big fan of the Hardy Boys, I have one word for you, and that is delete. So that is what I'm going to say to you regarding that comment. And it was a tribal piece of trash. Come on, Shane. I know you got that. 
I knew, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Delete, delete, delete. Let me leave you. Let me That's leave you with great. this. And here I am. It was supposed to be a hard stop at twelve. Dangerous Darren Davis. You got me. You know. You don't got me doing anything. What you're not doing is you're not giving me the ten, ten, ten. You're letting me ramble on. Listen, listen, listen. If 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 it's going to be anything that I give you, um, it will not be a ten. Um, I have my own way of stopping you, um, and it goes to my uh, my love of law and order. And this is what it would be. Ha <laughs> I love that. And I told, have I told you about my law and order love or no? Have we talked about this? Yes, yes, we have talked about many times. Um, but that uh, that would be my way of stopping you is the sound effects of law and order. Um, yeah, so that's what you, <laughs> I love that. Bring it on. I, I'm all about a 10, 10, 10. Law and order. Halifax, Nova Scotia, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So 11 here. A&E, Channel 31. I watched Law and Order. Re- well, I watched Law and Order growing up my whole life, but I watched the repeats on there for years. Got me through some uh, crazy times, man. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, speaking of it, it's currently on on the women's channel, and I'm currently watching it in the background. So, uh, Shane, um, you said hard stop at 12. It's 12.38. You have to go to bed. I have to go to bed. Uh, any last remaining comments uh, for yourself? I have said everything I need to say. Um, I can't wait for Friday, and I definitely can't wait for Sunday at Hell in a Cell. Um, so anything else you have to say? If not, please do us the honors, and uh, we'll get the hell out of here. Well, this is my problem, is that uh, I am definitely not playing with a full deck. Uh, I'm definitely not, because I'm, I'm saying a hard stop at 12. I'm actually not happy that we didn't have a hard stop at 12, but yet and still you're saying, okay, that's fine, Shane, so let's end now, and I just can't end right now. I need to say a couple other things. This is how psychotic I am. So I, I want to say two things before we go. One... I would like to know because tonight I thought tonight was I thought tonight was a really 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 good Monday Night Raw and I said that on the pre-show that I was anticipating it to be as such as much because of the lineup and I really really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Like I thought they delivered on all fronts and and the reason I say that is that you know I know we got to keep it short and here I am, I'm fucking babbling on, I'm the one who said we had to cut it short, but I can't stop talking, is that uh, we, we named our walk that walks, but if you were to just throw out, like let's say we had, we're not going to have three every week, but let's just say if we were to throw out a couple more, briefly, what, what were two other ones? Like let's say if we had three each, uh, because it's a special night tonight, and, and we've been away for a little bit, if you had a couple other ones off the top of your head, what are two other moments that would stick out in your mind for this evening for Walk That Walks that might have been in the running in your mind? Uh, second would have been Ms. TV uh, segment, and third would have been the Bianca versus Oscar match. Okay, uh, I love that. My second, actually, so we're, we're again, I'm kind of like same uh, seg- same uh, wavelength that you were as far as me saying that, like, you know, Seth Rollins was 
my walk that walk and you had the overall segment so to your point you said Ms. TV my these were the other two that were on my mind that I was running through my mind is the Street Profits were my number two because uh, of Dawkins with the high five and you got a question and then both of them getting up and uh, delivering the super kick and the punch during that whole melee I thought they really you know I thought they really had a moment and then my third one was Becky Lynch during all of that for her uh, just her overall presence I thought that it was good so we're on the same page there the final thing I would say is that I'm a little disappointed man gotta say dangerous Darren Davis I'm a little bit disappointed in you this evening because and so I know you're disappointed that I went MIA for a few weeks and respectfully you were uh, too kind in your statement earlier so I apologize to the WWE Universe for going missing action a little bit but we were on a roll there and then to my discredit I disappeared is that we were on a roll where you were giving me the this one or that one or this one or that one and you were leading me down a path of what I was really anxiously anticipating and know where it was oh, all going yes. but you get one of those tonight and I was like what the fuck not even one and I didn't want to say I was going to say I hope I got some but I'm like no I want to leave it as a surprise I get nothing nothing fucking nothing to to my 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 bad um, my bad cleaning skills, I have placed my my book somewhere and I can't find it at the moment. And that paper is in there currently, so I have to relocate my book as to where I put it when I cleaned up the other weekend there. And um, once I relocate my book, you will have those questions. So that is that is on me. Um, I apologize to you on that. Um, All oh, right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. You know what? I was going to say, I could accept that because it's honest and I appreciate it. And then I would say that if I was paraphrasing for you, I would say, Excuse me! Excuse me! Oh, I, you are in luck. I have found my notebook. I oh, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm in a disarray because, you know. As as I like as I look, you know, and it, it, it has it has our shows in it, this book. Um so it, it, it it's a memories, you know, we go back down and it's always something to look back on and uh you know if we ever need to go back on something I can always flip two pages to find out I love that. Yes, don't lose that bad boy. Uh, but we did. I have found it. I have found it. And, uh, so I will um I will get into it with you. I'll give you I'll get you a couple as long as you don't take me around the world with a with an explanation as to why. Um, <laughs> all right, fair enough, fair that, enough. That's all I ask of you is do not take me around the world as to why this is the answer, right. um, because then I will have to give you the law and order noise. All right. Um, all right. Um, where am I exactly? Okay. Um, Rick Flair or Matt Hardy? What was the last one that we had before that? Sorry. It was... Um, Shawn Michaels and Rick Rude, you picked Shawn Michaels. And the one after that was Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor, and you picked Rey Mysterio. Okay, so now it's Ric Flair and Matt Hardy? Yes, sir. Woo! And you know, I'm not... Ric Flair, you lived and breathed in the B-Leagues. We've spoken about this before, you and I. Hulk Hogan is the is the number is the king. 
So Ric Flair, you lived and breathed in the big le- in the in the B leagues. Yes, you know we have the monologue circulating on YouTube and woo 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 woo, and it, it's it stood the test of time. And he deserves a ton of respect for the wrestling business. But for me, like he's a B leaguer. I'm choosing Ric Flair. Because of Jesus, there's no, I mean, Ric Flair and Matt Hardy are, you know, they're living not even in two different galaxies. They, like, Matt Hardy doesn't even exist compared to Ric Flair. But Ric Flair, he's not on the Mount Rushmore for me, not even close. But I go with Ric Flair there. All right. And uh, CM Punk, the best in the world, or Mr. Perfect. This is a very difficult one for me because, I, like, I'm, as always, I have to be perfectly honest. During CM Punk's reign, and it always it, it intrigues me. I don't. It's not lost on me. It intrigues me. Everyone's love, yourself included, for CM Punk. Like people deeply love this guy, and uh, I love the fact that people love him like that because it's kind of lost on me. Meaning that, like, you know, life will take you where it will. And I checked out, like, I wasn't around, really, for that, his whole reign, per se. So, I have no emotional attachment to CM Punk at all. But I love the fact the fact that everyone that talks about CM Punk is so passionate about him. And, I mean, the chants still resonate. Now, it's kind of changed now since he's been with AEW. But prior to signing with AEW, I mean, the chants just rang out constantly. So, And I love when you talk about your love for CM Punk because it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I mean, I wish I had been around for that. Not that I won't go back and watch on WWE Network. So, and Cult of Personality amazing song i know that song well i listened to that song growing up i had the tape so um cm punk versus who mr perfect and then mr perfect is someone i do know well you know someone i grew up watching mr perfect throwing the football as a quarterback to himself and catching as a wide receiver why He's simply perfect. It's Mr. Perfect. A buddy of mine from the office has a phenomenal picture that he took at a fan expo here. It's him with the old school WWE heavyweight belt that Hulk Hogan used to have with the eagle on it. And one side, Big Boss Man. The other side, Mr. Perfect. That too is in that picture with him. It's on a Polaroid. And then... Both of those guys are have since passed. So, uh, all that being said, I got to go with CM Punk. I mean, even though I don't have firsthand knowledge or emotional attachment, you know, when it's all said and done, God rest uh, Mr. Perfect. But CM Punk, you know, based on through everyone else's eyes, he's a legend, right? Like, I mean, although... The tenure was, wasn't as long as it could have been, but as short-lived as it was, I mean, he's a legend, right? He definitely is. And, uh, you know, with, with, with the amount of AEW that I have watched, and I have watched a bit more with him being there, of course, um, there was a, an event last night uh, for AEW, and uh, he, he is the new AEW champion. So kudos to CM Punk. Um, for that victory last night and to win uh, the AEW championship. So congratulations to CM Punk on all of that. Yeah, I saw the and new 
I was actually at a concert last night at RBC Echo Beach, which was amazing. But so I missed all of that. But uh, I did hear that he is the new champion. Agreed. Is that uh, you know he's a worthy title holder. I would love. I would love for him to return to the WWE for the simple fact that I would love to experience everyone's love for him that's watched him in his prime. Like, I'd like to enjoy that moment, whether that happens or not, who knows. But anyway, CM Punk. All right. Um, I said two, but there's one here um, that I really want to know about um, just to see your answer on. Um, and uh, so I'm going to ask you this. Um, Ultimate Warrior or Jake the Snake Roberts? Oh, wow. I mean, like, you know, you talk about... You talk about Sophie's Choice. Come on. Fuck. This is just... I don't even know. I mean, nails on a chalkboard. That's... I think there's only one answer for me, and it's like I have to speak from my heart. But I mean, Jesus, like you're talking two absolute legends, different eras. And I mean, when Ultimate Warrior was clicking on all cylinders, I love Jake the Snake Roberts. There is no disputing, though their resume when Ultimate Warrior was clicking on all cylinders and the main events that he had and the WrestleMania involvements and what have you I mean Ultimate Warrior just reached I mean Ultimate Warrior was in the mix there Hulk Hogan era and I mean you know he was living in a different solar system and he's just so amazing. This is so hard for me. I got to be honest. I mean, and I laugh. You know, when I talk like this, I laugh sometimes to myself because I'm like, anyone who, who doesn't know and love and appreciate wrestling, I'm like, you guys are a bunch of fucking just clowns. You're, you're like talking about this is hard for me. Yeah. If you're not one of us, <laughs> the easiest way to say it is you're not one of us. You don't understand. This is painstakingly just excruciating for me. And it's on the tip of my tongue, but I'm hesitant to say it. But I got to go with my heart. I'm here. Like, this is my choice, right? Like, you're asking me, who am I choosing? It's my choice. And I do understand, right? So I do understand where Ultimate Warrior stacks up. And we have the Warrior Award now, which I love. And my heart always goes out to his wife and his two daughters. And it's just a great award. Another testament to another uh, moment that's a testament to the WWE and how they do things. But it's got to be Jake the Snake. I mean, you know, I spoke about Jake the Snake earlier on this particular show. You know, I was a kid growing up watching Jake the Snake. I love Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake had a swagger, man. Jake the Snake came out. He had the the hair was always wet. It was juiced up. He had the long curls. Jake the Snake came out with a swagger. He had the bag. And he was he, he, he was a good bad guy. Right? Like Jake the Snake was uh, I'm not saying Stone Cold was this, but he kinda was. Is that Jake the Snake Jake the Snake for me is the epitome of he's a good bad guy. 
he came up with that swagger, man. He could go either way as far as being good or bad. And then he'll come out and, and he, he just didn't give a fuck. He was marching to the beat of his own drum and he was juiced up and he had and then the snake, you know, who likes snakes? Nobody. And, they, and the DDT was a wicked finisher. And you talk about RKO out of nowhere. It's built on the DDT. Stunner, it's a DDT. KO's caught. Like, I mean, the DDT is where all these guys got it from. And then when he slapped that on you, man, it was like, oh, there's no kicking out of that. And then he'll turn around and then put Damien all over you. It's got to be Jake the Snake Roberts. It's got to be. Okay, I'm uh, I'm truly surprised. I really thought you were going to go with the Ultimate Warrior in that one. Um, so you you threw me for a loop there. I'll tell you that one for now. Yeah, and I, and I'm not surprised that I did throw you for a loop because I kind of threw myself for a loop because you know speaking from the mind, I probably would have went with the Ultimate Warrior because the resume is what it is, and I loved watching the Ultimate Warrior. But Jake the Snake Roberts, for some reason, Darren, like you know, I had no idea you were going to ask me this one, obviously. But you, I, I'm sure you could tell by my earlier comments that Jake the Snake has a special place in my my heart like as a wrestling fan as a kid and i just love jake the snake he's one of my favorites like i love him you know what i mean yeah, absolutely absolutely um but uh that's it for now that's all i'm gonna go into right now with you there's a ton more questions to go we're only we're only scratching the surface my friend um but we'll, we'll continue on as the weeks go on and as the shows roll around we'll get into it some more um but with that being said, um, you said a hard stop at 12. You said you were upset that we didn't get there, and we have rambled on even more, and it's now 12.54 to be exact. So, And you still weren't able to tell me what Riddle said. Um, so I'm a little disappointed in that. Um, and uh, so anything else you want to say? If not, sing us out and... Uh, I will talk to you on Friday, my friend. I will say, I will say a, a few last words. One, I blame you completely for this show going over fifty-four minutes. A hundred percent, it's on you. Two, uh, I blame you again for me not remembering what Riddle said because it's just so late in the night now that I'm delusional. Three, I thank you for. Uh, oh, hold on, sorry. What? What? Sorry, you didn't say that correctly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you correct me, please? I didn't hear for the people. Uh, thank you. Tush! For. Uh, indulging me with the questions and digging out the book, which I really appreciate. And then four and final thought, absolutely. Well, fourth, I would say I can't wait for Hell in the Cell. Really looking forward to that. And fifth, it's good to be back, man. We're back in this. Um, and quickly to all the things that you blame me for. Uh, thank you. And on that note. Keep on talking in the free world. Talk that talk. Talking about that's what I'm talking about. Are you talking to me? Talk that talk. Provided by Off the Hook, the platform for the people. 
Step into the studio and talk that talk. Get off the sidelines, man. Mm-hmm.